everyone, my name is Heather Havenwood and welcome to my new show, kind of. So just let you know, I'm not gonna be naming this particular podcast because I am moving into Bitcoin and I'm gonna actually have the opportunity to interview my mentor who actually got me into opening my eyes to be awake about Bitcoin and that is Gary Leland. Gary, welcome. Yeah, welcome to me, <laughs> to me here. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. I'm honored to be on the show. Good, I'm so excited. So uh, Gary is definitely a mentor and a friend of mine. He is in Arlington, Texas. I am in Austin, Texas. I'm going to tell you a little bit about who Gary is. And if you don't know anything about Bitcoin, I highly go, go and suggest to you, subscribe to all his stuff. I listen to, to him every single day on my Alexa. So Gary produces the Crypto Cousins podcast located at CryptoCousins.com, along with his new daily four-minute crypto video, called 4minutecrypto.com. You can actually subscribe that on Alexa. I can't say it because she's right there. Uh, Gary also produces the BitBlock Boom Bitcoin Conference in Dallas, Texas. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that as well because I went to the last one. And you can find that at bitblockboom.com. And in 2016, Gary was inducted into the Academy of Podcasters Hall of Fame. And in 2017, the mayor of Arlington, Texas, <laughs> proclaimed March 1st as Gary Leland Day. How cool is that? All right, so um, Gary, let's just get started a little bit um, on Bitcoin, the basics. Okay, let's just go really basic. First of all, how did you get involved into Bitcoin? Well, I got involved way too late, that's for, for sure. Someone tried to get me involved when it was like $100 and I wouldn't pay any attention to them. And I ended up getting involved after it hit $3,000. So I wish I would have been a little more open-minded. Um, but uh, uh, I was at a conference. I was speaking at a conference. And I was walking down the hallway. And a friend of mine, Tony Sakala, was talking to a group of people. And they were all friends of mine. Everybody in this group was a friend of mine. So I just stopped into the group. And uh, after he finished talking, he was telling them about Bitcoin. And I was just overhearing. And you know, like I said, someone had tried to get me into it earlier. And so... When everybody left, I said, hey, let me ask you a few questions about this. And we ended up talking the whole day. And I came back to the conference the next day, which I wasn't planning on, just to talk with him. And went over to his house. And he showed me a mining rig he had. And he kept explaining it to me. And on the way home that day, I started listening to podcasts. And I've uh, been a, a, a crypto cat since, I guess. Since. And I, by the way, I'll let you know that I actually listened to your four minute crypto that's on Alexa every mm -hmm. single day. So basically, Gary, I hear your voice every single morning. <laughs> and it must be just a great way to wake up hearing me talk. I mean, I just can't imagine how wonderful that would be to wake up to my voice every day. I can only dream that that would happen to me. But every yeah, I do. Uh, I have more Alexa listens and, and uh, G word uh, player. Cause I got one of those here. So I don't want to say that cause it'll come on. But um I get more listens on that every day than I do anywhere else. And, and I get a lot on the podcast. I think the podcast, we get maybe close to three, 4,000 a day, but I get a ton off the uh, devices, the home devices, let's just call them that to be safe. So yeah, yeah, a lot of people like subscribing. Like my wife wakes up every morning and says, Hey, play my news. And so I come home at night and every night she tells me what's going on. Oh, I thought that was pretty interesting. I didn't know that, but you yeah. know, it being four minutes or less, you know, it's pretty short and sweet, you know, so you can learn one little thing every day. Yeah, I listened to the, uh, here's what mine is, and this is bad. It's the, uh, my order is the weather, 
and then Trump tweets. <laughs> and then I uh, get a little blurb from one of the news uh, companies. And then yours comes in. And then I get a Wall Street Journal tech news briefing. And then like, I'm, and I'm literally in bed because it wakes me up, right? Because good morning, Heather. Oh, that's your alarm. It's my alarm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you wake me up every day, Gary. <laughs> And I'm and I'm ahead of the Wall Street Journal. Wow, I'm really feeling pretty good here. I'm like, uh, I'm really feeling kind of cocky now. You should be. You should be. Yours is more entertaining. The people in the Wall Street Journal has that journalist voice that's really like low, like this. And, and my wife always goes, "You need more like those guys on the news. They just talk calm and straight." And I and he, she goes, "And you're all like excited, like you're entertaining people." I said, "Well, I'm kind of an exciting person." Well, I think yours is more entertaining. I actually like yours better because it's more entertaining, and I also know it's going to be short. It's going to be you know at least under five or six minutes. It's to the point. Um, you taught me a lot about what's happening. You know, um, I think what's interesting about your show specifically is that it keeps me up to date with what really is going on specifically with crypto. And there's a lot of things been happening with Facebook and new changes. You've mentioned a lot of things going on international. I think one of the things that even Wall Street Journal and other, other tech news briefing, as they call it, they don't bring into the play of international. And that's one thing I love about crypto is that it brings an international conversation. Like it really is international money. You know, it's an international play. And yeah, it's a, a worldwide out. currency. Yeah. It's definitely a worldwide currency. So I yeah, want to share true. with people a little bit real quick about your conference so they can get an understanding of why I'm interviewing you. So BitBlock Boom is a conference, the third year. Is this your third year that you did it in Dallas? Yeah, August 2020 will be the third year. Okay, so second year. So I, uh, he called me up or texted me and he's like, you need to be in my conference. And I'm like a Bitcoin conference, Carrie, I don't like, you know, I was like, oh, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to Dallas. And I drove up there and I'm like, I have no clue what I was doing there. And I just showed up and listened and you, you, you were amazing. You shared me with all these guys and they were, they were super open. They're like, oh, you're a newbie and your friend is Gary. So cool. We'll tell you everything. And by the end of it, by day, at the end of it, let's say day two, day three, the very end, I stood up at the end and said, Okay, guys, it was pretty much all guys. Like, okay, guys, you have me convinced I'm officially a Bitcoin maximalist. And I got like a woo from the guys. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but you've convinced me. So I want to say that conference turned the tables for me. You know, before then, you and I talked about it and it got kind of cool, excited, but I really didn't get it at the power of it and your conference just those two and a half days really solidified the power of blockchain of bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general you know and so i just want to acknowledge you for that but tell tell you know when did you make that shift that was mine my aha moment was at your conference when was that big shift for you it went from oh this is interesting to like wow this is a big deal it was like almost immediate for me once I had that uh, conversation with uh, Tony. I, I was on the, I'm pretty much an addictive personality and uh, get right into stuff. And that's all I consume and have consumed since then. So I think I got addicted right then. I think the problem with most people and whether you just want to say Bitcoin or crypto, whatever you want to say, um, Bitcoin, but uh, whatever you want to say is most people just don't understand it. They have a lot of uh, problems because they don't understand money. 
you know, you really have to understand money in general to understand cryptocurrency of any kind, to understand what it's about. For instance, uh, most people think the Fed is owned by the United States government instead of a bunch of banks that have a private company controlling our money. Right. You know, the, the federal government has no control of whatsoever and can't even audit their books. Right. But if you ask 100 people on the corner, probably 70 of them are going to say, oh, the Fed, yeah, it's owned by the federal government. It's kind of classy how they changed that name, named it the Fed. Isn't, it doesn't say on the dollars anywhere that that money is printed by a private entity. I mean, well, because they call it Federal Reserves, they assume it's owned by the federal government, which right. it's not. Same thing with the IRS, they assume, right? Yeah. But it's and not. So, right. Because people don't understand these things, and then the over 60% of the people think your money's backed by gold, which it's not. I mean, it hasn't been backed by gold in your entire lifetime, no. you know, because they took, no. a, you know, probably. So. Uh, these things with people not understanding money, they have a hard time understanding Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. They just can't because they, they keep comparing it to things that don't exist. You know, the first thing they'll say is, well, Bitcoin's not backed by anything. I go, well, what, what's the dollar backed by? And they'll go gold. And so, so you're arguing or not arguing, but trying to tell people about things and their arguments and re, or their rebuttals are non-existent things because they just aren't educated. Right, um, right. So I think that's the main thing is people need to get educated about their money. You know, where would you say, cause that was one thing I got really when I was there at that conference was that's like, I walked away with going a Bitcoin's cool. Uh, B I don't know crap about money. <laughs> Most people don't. Right. But it was like, but at least I acknowledge it, you know, and I kind of had this like, okay, everything I've been taught about money is just wrong. Okay. All right, now do, where do I go get educated? And it's an interesting kind of dilemma, you know? It's an interesting thing. And the conference that happened after yours that was in some weird place, and where was it at? Some weird Switzerland or some weird place? Malta? You're talking about Malta, uh, yeah, because it was a honey badger. Yeah, this is a worldwide thing. So um, it, it could have been, I, I, that wasn't Malta. I can't think of top Yeah, of it was called the I honey badger. And yeah, I want to yeah, ask. It's a big conference in Europe. Yeah. The huge conference, and they streamed it. Of course, it's, you know, 12 hours ahead of time, so it was really off. But I did watch it as much as I could, you know what I mean? It was on the weekend, and it was 12 hours ahead and all that. But I did watch most of it on YouTube streaming. And it was really cool to see this international thing. Let me explain to that. And I also want you to explain to people the honey badger of the connection, because you made that connection. But before you do, I want to explain something to you where my background is, is I come from real estate investing years and years ago, right? And I really taught people and I learned, I went to over 450 hours of real estate investing, uh, foreclosures and short sales, all that stuff, okay? Um, how do you buy a house with nothing? How do you take the deed? All these kinds of different things around money. And but the one thing about real estate that people don't realize because we are Americans is that everything you learn in the real estate investing world is America only. Those strategies don't work in Sweden, okay? They don't because we have a different systems. The thing about Bitcoin that I realized was this is an international conversation. Whatever right. that is there, it's like, it, 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 it's everywhere, you know? Somalia, Colombia, whatever. It is an international conversation. That was a big aha for me. So this conference, Honey Badger, you know, was huge and I watched it, but explain to people why was it called the honey badger? Well, honey badger, people don't know that animal. If you look it up on Wikipedia, that's like a fierce animal. I mean, it's like 
just looks like a little thing, but it is fiercer than hell. And so it, you can't you can't kill a honey badger. It just won't give up. And they use that word with Bitcoin because Bitcoin just won't quit. It just won't give up. No matter how many times they've announced it dead, no matter how many times they say this bubble's burst, you know, Bitcoin just comes right back at you and hits up to a new all-time high. So I think the bubble's bursted six or seven times and dropped down drastically, and then it came back up higher before it's been pronounced dead hundreds of times. Right. And here it is. It's, it's starting another bull run again. We're up to 9,200. It's been sitting at 9,000. Also, Heather, let me make sure and tell everybody, I'm not a financial advisor, so I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just giving you some of my personal thoughts on something that I'm pretty involved in. And you may like it, and you may not, but these are facts about Bitcoin, and these are facts about the currency that I said. Uh, so I'm not making anything up here, more or less. Right. You can use this information however you want to use it. I, I, I have nothing I have to help you. I have nothing to make if you buy Bitcoin or not. You know, like right. we had a friend of mine. I said, hey, you know, our friend of my wife said, you might want to get some Bitcoin. Or my wife told her, said we were into it. She goes, ah, I've been trying to figure that out. She goes, we might want to get some. Uh, it can't hurt. And she, every time she saw her friend would ask her, and her friend goes, well, I'm just trying to figure out, how do you make money off of me on this Bitcoin? And Kathy goes, we don't. I mean, you're just a friend of mine. I'm just telling you something we're doing. If you want to do it, fine. If you don't, right. fine. We don't care. We're just sharing with you. We, we don't, I'm not going to make anything off of anybody that we're, is in this audience. Right. So that's not my goal here. I'm just sharing information. And that's, so I, yeah, I yeah. Like that make that clear too. I'm not a financial advisor. <laughs> I'm not a lawyer or a real estate investor anyway. So, I, I'm hardly able to put my clothes on in the morning and leave the house. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. So the honey badger, it's really, I mean, if you go look online, there is a video, I think it's got like 6 million views about the honey badger. And I love that little video because it really is about it, this thing just never dies. It's not going to yeah. win. I yeah, think and Bitcoin, and, and you know, I don't want to say never because anything could happen. It's yeah. technically possible to kill Bitcoin. It is technically possible, but the odds of someone doing that and then they'd have they'd own so much Bitcoin by the time they were able to kill it that they'd go, gosh, why do I want to kill this? I'm a multi-billionaire. So it would defeat the purpose, you know, of killing Bitcoin because they would have so much of it by the time they got in that position yeah. you know, that they wouldn't want to kill it. But, you know, and there's so many uses for Bitcoin. You were talking worldwide. Or, or, or any crypto, you know, um, the uh, two twins, the Winklevoss twins, Winklevoss yeah. twins, you know, they own Gemini Exchange and they are Bitcoin billionaires. I mean, they started buying this stuff when it was really cheap. And one of, I can't remember if it was Cameron or Tyler was saying it before cryptocurrency, if you wanted to send a million dollars to Europe, you'd be way better off to buy an airplane ticket, put the money in the bag next to you and fly it there because the fees are so high in the time period where now, I think I saw the other day, someone transferred like maybe $3 billion and did it in like, 20 seconds or 20 minutes or something and it costs them hardly anything i mean you know so because it's a, it was done via bitcoin right right uh, and that's all one with litecoin the same way they put it in the litecoin transferred it and then cashed it out and they put it probably put it back into dollars so right. you, know, you could put your money into a coin transfer it and then pull it back out you know instead of yeah. using SWIFT or, or a government controlled or bank controlled you don't need a intermediary anymore to do this you know, that takes a cut. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So I think something that's really interesting story, I don't know if you're the one that shared this story or not. I'm pretty sure you did on your um, podcast, which it was about a huge um, 
pornographic ring was um, right. found out about. And blockchain helped in the process to find these. Yeah, people. yeah. They did find it because of the blockchain. That was in South Korea. And it was a, a pedophile ring. So it, was a little, it wasn't really a pornograph ring. It was a it pedophile was a, ring. Yeah, pedophile. It was a bad and, deal. And yeah. uh, they accepted Bitcoin, their payments in Bitcoin to, I guess, try to hide who they were because they weren't using a bank that way. But every transfer of Bitcoin is on the blockchain, and that's a permanent record that can't be changed. So you can look at uh, a coin and see the whole history of the coin, everywhere it's gone, who's got it, what, what accounts have had it. You don't know who owns it. I wouldn't know you own that Bitcoin unless you uh, had advertised your wallet, you know, address. If you said, send me some Bitcoin and here's where you send it, right, and it's right. an address and they go, oh, look, this Bitcoin that paid for this pedophilia stuff came from Heather's address, you know, uh, or in this okay. case, someone paid for uh, Coinbase is a big exchange. And I think someone paid them with money and transferred it straight from Coinbase. Oh, that's how they caught it. Right, right, right. Okay. And a Coinbase, and a Coinbase an exchange is just like a bank. You got to do your, know your customer stuff. You know, you can't just walk in. You got to like give them an ID, who you are. It's federal government. It still has laws that apply. And those people that right. run those are in the prison. So they just caught up the exchange and said, who owns this wallet? And the whole thing fell apart, you know. Oh, so, wow. But, okay. Uh, that's, but the police that said that it was because without blockchain that they uh, probably would not have been able to break this ring as fast. They may have sooner or later got it, but that helped them. So, and I've seen that before in several stories. A lot of people have this misbelief that Bitcoin is for criminals. And sure, criminals have used Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. But, uh, you know, there's a reason they say most uh, American money has traces of cocaine on it. You know. Uh, <laughs> really? I never heard that. Yeah, 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 yeah. They say they say that, yeah, because drug and lords they roll it. Are crazy. <laughs> when drug lords have that money going in and out like crazy, you know. And uh, I think in Colombia a few years ago, I read an article. There was so much money, cash, going into the banks and certain banks in Colombia that the drug cartels figured out if they took a certain Samsonite case, model two four eight one six, whatever it is, that that Samsonite suitcase would hold exactly. One million dollars, let's say. I don't know what the number is. Right. But they knew that if they filled up the suitcase, that that suitcase would have this much money in it. So the bank windows, those little holes where you slide the money in, they cut them bigger so suitcases could go in. The Samsonite 2048 suitcase could go in. And they would just come up and slide the suitcases through the window. And they go, we got 10 suitcases, you got $10 million you're depositing. So people need to get over that criminal activity most criminal activity is done with cash and you can't trace the cash at all. I mean, you know, uh, you know, where you can at least use the blockchain. So that's another misconception people have is that Bitcoin is for criminals. I think but that criminals. was, a, that was a, an app. I think that was like a marketing ploy. you know, of like, Oh, it's bad because it's like, I yeah. feel like every kind of negativity around Bitcoin is because, you know, at the end of the day, it is a currency that could really not, you know, it's something that the federal government, or the, sorry, the, you know, the feds or the federal reserve, excuse me, the federal reserve doesn't really control. Okay. Right. Let's be straight. So it's out of their control. So they're going to try to kill it because they don't have control of it. Right. But I don't know if that's happening that much yet. Really Bitcoin is such a small amount. I really doubt they're that worried about it yet. 
I mean, yeah, it's, it's, you know, even with Facebook looking at creating a coin, you think even with Facebook creating a coin? Well, they're looking at Facebook because Facebook, you know, they say we're tying this to a basket of currencies, you know, that the Libra coin is going to be tied to this basket of currencies. And so they get to two and a half billion people using the Libra coin. And then what happens when they go, you know what, we've decided to kind of like the U.S. dollar, take the dollar off gold. We're yeah. going to take this off that basket of currency. And there's nothing you can do at that point. So that's really a, a different thing. Now you'll have a central entity that's not the U.S. government owning the money. Where right now, Bitcoin, there isn't a central entity, and there probably never will be a central entity. That's why people like it's a decentralized. You know, it depends on itself to regulate itself rather than someone saying, here's how it operates with being decentralized. But I think Libra is good for Bitcoin because mm -hmm. it gets people talking about crypto. Like I went and got my teeth cleaned last month and my dental hygienist goes, Carrie, you know about a lot about that crypto and stuff, don't you? I said, yeah. And she goes, what do you think of this Libra? And I was like, what are you asking me this for? I mean, it was unexpected. She goes, well, I've just been hearing about Libra. Do you think you can make money on it? I said, no, you're not going to make any money on it. That's going to be a control. It's not going to be an investment module. It's more of a spending and buying. It's not an investment thing. Okay, so it's more of an investment thing, not a it's, it's not an investment. It's more of a it's more of a transfer thing, not an investment right, thing. Right. Uh, one libra a year from now should be worth one li a dollar still. If a, if a libra was worth a dollar today, it should be worth a dollar tomorrow because it's tied to a basket of currencies. Oh, so, got it. Okay, got it. It's it'd so be like if it was tied to a dollar. If you tied it to the dollar, and you said one libra is worth a dollar. Well, in a year from now, guess what? That libra is still worth one dollar, except right. the dollar is two percent less now. The, the dollar is right. now worth 98 cents instead of a dollar. Yeah, right. Because of, of uh, inflation. Oh, I get it. Okay. See, so I see Libra as some a way for Facebook to, to do exchanges, like almost like a it PayPal. Is. And it's like uh, bringing currency to places in the world that don't have yeah. uh, the possibility to exchange money that easily. Because a lot of the third world, a lot of people don't realize this would go for Libra as well as Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency. Most of the world doesn't have banks. You know, we see a bank on every corner in the United States and we think banks are easy to come by. But if you were to um, light up the earth, you ever see at night and you see all the electrical lights on the planet? You know, that's about how the banking is on the planet. United States is really lit up. Europe's pretty lit up. You go down to South America, way down there, it's pretty dark. And there aren't many lights and there aren't any banks. Africa's yeah. the same way. You know, so a lot of people need money on use their phone for their currency to, to do their banking. And that's what crypto, whether it's Libra, Bitcoin, whatever would actually be doing is helping people. I think it'll banking. really open up, you know, for me, my experience is, is the freelancer market and, and, you know, working with people across the world. I think it would really open up those things because like I've sent money to Russia before and, you know, it's kind of nerve wracking, especially when you're paying I paid a, a pretty substantial fee or some kind of something fee exchange to have that happen. You know, it cost me money right. and it was like, you know, kind of was like, you can't do a friends and family PayPal out of Russia. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of speak, one of the people at our uh, conference uh, had a booth there and uh, they sent me uh, the price of the booth and they were like at a 10%. It was over 10% that they paid in transfer fees. And I was going, hey, I don't know. Here's the price. <laughs> you know, this is how much it costs. You know, and you sent me 15% less than what it costs. 
Yeah, you could have sent Bitcoin and not paid any fees, but you decided to send cash. So I want cash. So they had to send oh, me more. Oh, right. Okay. So they sent you cash and the fees. And so you got a disc, you got a, a negative of 15%. So they, uh, they owned a gap. There. Yeah. So they, yeah, they owned the gap there. I, was, I said, well, I wish we didn't know we could send Bitcoin. I'm going, really, dude? This is the Bitcoin conference. The Bitcoin and, conference. I got a wallet. <laughs> Like, yeah, I, I know how to accept that. I mean, I've got that figured out. So, but uh, um, something that you had uh, opened my eyes to, and we haven't talked about it, uh, but you know, you have a an affiliate link and and whatnot. And you're welcome to share it. It's fine. But I thought it was a really cool deal, which is the dot zil dot z i l, where I got my name Heather Haywood dot z i l. Right. But I think from what I understand what that is, could you explain that? And you don't work yeah. for the company and any of that, but I think you understand it more than I do. I wouldn't share that. Yeah, well, actually, give out my affiliate link. It's GaryLeland.com slash Z-I-L. But what they're doing is they're using a blockchain called the Zilla blockchain, I believe. And they're trying to make it so that right now, let me rephrase. Right now, a lot of people have, uh, it's kind of hard for some people to understand sending money because you have to have this long string of numbers. Yeah, and that's like your wallet address. And it could be 50 characters. And sometimes mistakes are made because people copy it wrong or they try to manually do it. So what the Zilla is doing is they're trying to make it so you buy, which you had, Heather, like, is it like a boss or Heather? I won't Heather Havenwood. Heather, my name. Okay. Yeah. Heather Havenwood.Zill. You just send Heather Havenwood.Zill, the currency, whether it's Bitcoin, Litecoin, whatever it is. And the technology would be there on their end to say, oh, here comes some Bitcoin for Heather, and it gives it to you. Here comes some um, Raven coin for Heather, and it gives it to you. Well, right now, Heather has to have a different wallet address for every currency in the market that she's going to expect to get, and there are over 2,000 cryptocurrencies. So, and they just came out with dot .crypto, that if you have the Zill name, you can get the dot .crypto name. Yes, I have that, too. I have yes, that, too. So you have Heather Havenwood dot yeah. crypto. I have yeah. Heather Havenwood dot crypto, just, just for future... There you go. Yeah, so th that's the concept is that you won't have to have a thousand crypto addresses if someone wants to send you money, basically. It's like Venmo, right? That. So Venmo or PayPal, like, oh, you know, I just, I was in West Palm and I bought this, these dresses and I'm working with a woman in West Palm Beach right now. She's sending me these dresses for my pageant. And, uh, you know, we're working through Venmo, you know what I mean? Cause so, so I, right. and I sent her via an email and I have her email and I send and I sent her the little screenshot, like just sent it. And she's like, got it. You know, it's through, it's just like Venmo or anything like that, where it's an email address and then it connects to the app and the app goes into your bank account or wherever the hell you want to put it. You know, um, I think it's brilliant. I think it's really, I think it's, it's, it's where we're going to be going. Well, it needs to get easier. It's hard for a lot of people to do. And that's the problems with it. It's like the internet was in 96, it's, or before 96. It's just things were hard, you know, when Netscape came out with a browser, and now you could see pictures and different things, then it got a lot easier. But before Netscape had their browser, right? and we're still kind of waiting on that Netscape moment to happen, I guess you could say. Some people said, I had some people tell me that, the, oh, Joel Kahn we were talking about earlier, he said he thought the Netscape moment was going to be Facebook's Libra. You know, he thought that would I be I think the so, too. Day. I think so, too. I think be I really do. I really think that's why you're, you know, the woman at the dentist was like Libra, you know, I think Facebook could really change the entire landscape for crypto if they get a coin. Yeah. I think Bitcoin, I, 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 hypothetically, you got to think though, wouldn't it have been a lot easier and a lot cheaper for them just to have given everybody a Bitcoin wallet? I agree. I don't know why they're, <laughs> I mean, 
and they many they would make up the fees of the uh, transfers of Bitcoin would be a ton of money. And they they wouldn't have to do any work. They could actually probably put that in place in a day. You know, yeah, say, know. Yeah, we're gonna like let people transfer Bitcoin today. I don't know yeah. why they wouldn't because yeah, it would make they, it easier. But that's what you got to think. You got to say, why wouldn't they want to just go that easy route and do something that's already established and already secure? And like I said, they have uh, their their system of computers and servers around the world are certainly big enough oh, yeah. to handle, to handle yeah. that. Heck, they could be mining their own Bitcoin as far they as They probably that are. You know, you yeah. know he is. You know Zuckerberger is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He probably is. You're probably right. I think there's a lot of people on Bitcoin that you don't know are sitting on Bitcoin. You know, and as more people in the government get into Bitcoin, you know, now they're going to be going, wait a second, I don't want to vote against this Bitcoin stuff. I got a lot of money tied up in there, you know, so right. you know, this, it's a long ways to go on this world. Who knows for sure what's going to happen. But uh, if you're an optimist and you're a believer like I am, you think this stuff's going to go to. I'm a Bitcoin maximalist. Yeah. I met That's a guy at your dinner, uh, your carnivore dinner. Now, everyone listen, I just want you to get the totality of this event, okay? So we are at, was it Ruth Chris was the, was the restaurant? Oh, you're talking about Saturday night? Yeah, Saturday night. Three Forks. Three Forks, okay, what Three Forks is this huge room with these long tables, I would say 98% guys, and it was called the carnivore dinner. Okay. <laughs> and that was, uh, that was not mine. That was Saifedean Moose's dinner yes. that he held in conjunction with my event there. And he wrote the Bitcoin standard, which is like the number one book on uh, Bitcoin. Yes. I have a picture with him. He was amazing. And I just remember being with all these guys and they had these big plates with steak. <laughs> well, that's all it was brought. It's a uh, it steak. I mean, that was it. That's it was. I don't know. There's a real connection. And then Friday night, you know, we went to the barbecue place for barbecue a carnivore place. dinner. Too. Yeah, yeah. Barbecue place was yeah. great. Oh, that was a ton of fun. Uh, yeah, I just remember meeting this gentleman. I don't remember his name. He gave me his Twitter handle, but I can't remember at the moment. And I go, what do you do? He's like, he just had this look. I'm like, okay, got it. You don't do anything. Okay, got it. I go, what do you do daily? And he's like, I spend between 10 and 12 hours a day you know, researching Bitcoin or learning about Bitcoin or something like that. I go, okay, so you got in early. He goes, yeah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's just one of these like, okay, you're like very wealthy because you got Bitcoin. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, you know. And, I, and I, don't think like, people, I don't think that people get a lot of cred that they deserve. Because a lot of people, when they hear someone got in at 50 cents, okay, and they bought Bitcoin at 50 cents, which is 9,200, let's say at the moment, let's say 9,000. People go, oh my gosh, if I could have got it in the 50 cents, I'd be rich too. But would you would you believe in it enough that you wouldn't have sold it when it got to 100, when you made a 20-time profit, or when it got to 500? I mean, or 1,000, now you're really making some big profit off of 50 cents. Would you have kept it till it hit $9,000? Most people wouldn't. It's like people buying stocks and go, I knew that stock was going to be great. If I'd have bought all that stock, yeah, if you'd have bought all that stock at five dollars and it went up to a hundred but then dropped down to 60 because that's what happens you'd have sold it all because you'd gone oh, i'm getting out of here before it goes back down to five dollars and that's right. what bitcoin is you know like this last run it went up to nineteen thousand. you know obviously he held on you know and he's looking for the next run which will be higher because every time it drops the next run is higher so would right. you you know would you have done that when it went from 50 cents to 125 and then dropped back down to three dollars you know would you go i'm getting out of here or would you have said, no, nah, I believe in Bitcoin. So he's gone 
from 50 cents to 9,000, but he's seen it drop to 100. He's seen it go back up, drop to 350. He's seen it go back up and drop to 1,000. He's seen it go back up and drop to 3,000, and he's still in there, you know? Mm -hmm. So that, that's why I say those people deserve more credit than they get. People just go, oh, yeah, I'd be rich too if I got it at 50 cents. You might not be. You might have sold it at $100. Yeah, I, I agree with you because I, I look back at my days of real estate investing. Real estate doesn't do that. You know, they don't, I mean, it, it goes up. It does that. You know what I mean? Now, it did in 2008. It did 2008. It dropped like crazy. But there's some people that held on and their houses are been back up. But most people, when things drop like that, they all went, Poof, you know, mm -hmm. and just flee and run. I agree with you. I think the, guy, the people... The, I think it's interesting about Bitcoin because coming from the real estate world and investing world, people are like, look at me, I got 12 houses. You know, it's kind of a thing. You know, with Bitcoin, they're like, I'm not going to tell you how much I have. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, really, like, people ask me all the time. I'll see people and they go, oh, Bitcoin, come in. how much do you own? I go, how much money do you have in your retirement account? Like, what do you mean? I go, well, it's the same thing. I mean, you're asking me how much money I have. I, I wanna, you tell me how much you have and I'll tell you how much I have. I mean, so, I mean, the houses, I guess, is different because it's things there but still if you ask those people how much money's in their retirement account even though they show you their 12 houses they probably don't tell you right right it's an ego thing specifically in the real estate world you know it's like i got a hotel and i got a hotel and i got three houses it's kind of an ego thing but you're right you don't walk up to go how much money you got in your bank account right now how much money you got in your yeah. how dare you ask me that well you just told me that you own a million dollars in real estate you yeah know? you should be pretty outgoing on this how much is the money yeah but, you know and people usually, when you sit, when I come back and go, well, how much money do you have in your retirement account? They go, oh, okay, I get it. Sorry I asked. You know, they realize that that was a stupid thing to come asking somebody. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Because, well, that's because, honestly, and I think that question comes from they think it's not real. Right. The moment you put it to real, like a retirement account or your IRA or how much money you have in the stock market, it's like, how dare you ask me that? It's like, it's the same thing. Like, it is. It's right, like, they right. don't see the connection. I didn't. I didn't. I, I don't think I asked you, but I probably would have. Cause like, I don't know how much you have. I think I did ask you. No, I didn't. I, I didn't ask you. But, well, that would have been my answer is how much money you have. Cause that's my yeah, answer. Yeah, I, I don't think I did. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, yeah. Cause I don't like people asking me how much I have on anything. So I'm like, I am like, no one knows, no one knows about anything about my finances. <laughs> so yeah, it's business. I mean, you can look at there's stuff available online. Like you can see the houses I own and stuff like that. But I mean, it doesn't tell you how much money I have and that's none right. of your business. Yep. Right, but right. You can figure out someone's net worth, but you can't right. figure out how much money they have in, in, you know, retirement accounts or Bitcoin. I think that's interesting because like, I, you know, big people like the Kardashians or whoever, or Martha Stewart, you know, there's people walking around going, oh, her net worth is X, Y, Z. Well, you think, but if she had, you know, I don't know, 10 or 15 Bitcoins, are you adding that to her net worth? I think that's what's so, I think so great about it personally. I, right. I like that. And I'm what do you call that in the Menominee. That's the right word, but I, I like that. And I also understand the power of it. I understand we are in a global, that was my big aha. I like, realized we're in a global world. And I, I grew up, I grew up, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm not a millennial, but I'm in that, what I call that bridge world. I'm not a boomer, but I'm not a millennial. I'm in the bridge called the, the X generation. Well, I remember when we didn't have cell phones. I, you know, I remember when yeah, the computers right. looked like that. I still remember stuff like that. I still remember when they weren't computers. <laughs> <laughs> right. Pen and paper. I remember when the internet came to be. I remember when people were like, oh, 
you know, Facebook's stupid. I remember like, oh, Twitter's ridiculous. And oh my God, it's never going to last. I remember, you know, email. Oh my God, no one's ever going to do an email. Why would anyone do an email? You know, so I remember all the negatives and I feel like in my lifetime, it's like the more negative some, like something's on, the more I look at it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, people are dissing on Bitcoin. What's going on? You know? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, people diss on things they either don't understand or things they're against, for the most part. Yeah. You know, for instance, if you're uh, a gold bug and you believe in gold, which I'm not saying there's anything wrong with gold, but if you think gold is the absolute solving to everything, uh, problem solver, you're going to go, and that other stuff's crap. This is the real stuff, gold. And, and either one of them is probably good. It's just, right. you know, if, if you're in a case of, let's say you're in Hong Kong right now, and everybody knows what's going on in Hong Kong, and you are a wealthy person in Hong Kong, and you want to leave the country, I don't know how many gold bars they're going to let you carry on that plane. Right. You know, you know it's kind of hard to bring a little dolly or wheelbarrow full of, you know, gold, coin, uh, gold coins or bars where Bitcoin, all you got to do is memorize your wallet address. You don't even need to take it with you. You can memorize your wallet address. You can get back in your wallet if you know your password and wallet address. So uh, that's, a, and for instance, a story I like because I was in Venezuela. You know, they, that has gone to hell. And there was a lady with a wheelbarrow full of money, you know, going to the grocery store to get a pound of sugar. And she's doing her wheelbarrow full of money. And the reporter says, hey, aren't you scared someone's going to steal all this money? You're out here with a wheelbarrow of money? She goes, I'm scared to go steal my wheelbarrow. How will I move my money around? I mean, stuff happens when the government controls currency. You know, um, that was it. Was it in Greece that like 10 years ago, they had such bad financial shape, they took 10% out of everybody's checking account or savings account. You know, they just think if you had a million dollars, you lost $100,000. You had $10, you lost a dollar, but everybody lost 10% right across the board. They just took it out of there. So I'm not saying these things are going to happen in the U.S., but these things happen in the world and people in other parts of the world are concerned. Argentina last week said you can't have buy more than $100 worth of U.S. currency a month and you can't buy bitcoin anymore with their credit cards or anything so governments are doing things and shutting money down supply down because that's how they stay in power you know so as that's getting us have what you were saying earlier i think a lot of people you're saying earlier about how the fed might not like bitcoin because they don't control it and a lot of people have a hard time rationalizing that with the u.s which is really that makes sense we haven't had that kind of stuff happen but there's a lot of the world that this stuff happens in and they really need uh, cryptocurrency and stuff, whether it's for banking, whether it's to move their money around, or whether it's to keep their government from taking their money, whatever the reason is. And just because we don't need it for those purposes in the U.S. doesn't mean it's not a good product and that it's not needed. For instance, Bitcoin ATMs. Are you familiar with Bitcoin ATMs? Mm. Uh, it's like a regular ATM machine, but you can walk up and put cash in it and get Bitcoin. And you get a Bitcoin, uh, like a QR code that you use for Bitcoin. And you can go back to the machine and get your cash out later. Well, a lot of people uh, are unbanked, even in the United States. And most of the people who use those machines, a friend of mine owns one of the largest companies in the country. And a lot of people buy those. They get paid on Friday in cash. Maybe they live on a park bench. Maybe they live in a tent. I don't know where they live. But they can't go to bed at night with $200 in their pocket or under their pillow. So right. they go to an ATM machine, put in their $200, and then they get a Bitcoin receipt. And that's their bank. That ATM is their bank. Next day, they need $5. They go to the ATM machine and scan the QR code they have, and they get $5 out 
out of it just like you would a bank because they can't have a bank account. They don't know they don't have the ID or they can't they can't don't have enough money to open an account, whatever the reason is. So Bitcoin does provide a service to a lot of people and it's useful just because it's not really just because you and I don't have those issues doesn't mean that it's uh, not something that's needed. I agree. I agree with that. There's a, a, yeah, I think a lot of people have a hard time with that, seeing past what they need. Right. Right. What do you, I mean, if you look at stories every day, that's what you do for the Crypto Cousins podcast. You do a um, story every day, five days a week. For the four minute crypto. I'm sorry, four minute crypto. You know why it's four minute crypto? No. Someone owned five minute crypto.com. <laughs> <laughs> So I, said, well, I, probably can, I probably can do it in four minutes. <laughs> That's funny because someone else owns it. Um, so tell me how you pick your stories. Well, I read a lot of news articles every day and I try to find ones that are uh, just interesting to me. I kind of think that's my superpower is average Joe, that I'm just an average Joe. I think everybody has a superpower and mine is I'm pretty much an average Joe. And I see things like an average Joe. So if I find it interesting, I've always believed that most people will find it interesting or the majority of people. Yeah. So that's why I just scan using my superpower of being average Joe and look for articles that I find are interesting. And I got to find ones that don't have a lot of graphs and stuff dependent. It's hard to do an audio podcast. Now, if you could see this graph that I saw, you would see how this stuff, you know, so it can't have graphs and stuff in it. Uh, a lot of graphs and I just have to, I have to find the article interesting because I see a lot of articles that are interesting. I just can't use them because they're too graph intensive, mm -hmm. the article, you know? Mm -hmm. So, well, so that's, that's it. I do. That's why I, I'm audio. I'm an audio person. That's why I like listening because I feel like I'm up to date. And I, what I found interesting in listening to your podcast and being part of this new world is how much, how much is happening. People go, Oh, well, how, how much news can you do on a coin? It's like a lot. There's yeah, just, there's a lot of news every day. Yeah, you don't so realize much. how big this space is. This is a huge space. This is the biggest space I've ever been in. I've been podcasting since 2004, and I've never been in a space as big uh, as cryptocurrency as far as the genre. You know, the size of the genre. What do you mean by it's big? What does that mean, it's big? What does that mean? Uh, well, Francis, you get on, uh, go to uh, wherever you buy your domains at and try to find the domain name with the word crypto or Bitcoin in it. Oh, forget about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't. They're all gone. Now, I can still go for softball and find something. Or I still probably could go to soccer and find something. You can't find anything. They're all gone. And, you know, I mean, this space is huge. There's so many podcasts in this space. There's so many videos and so many bloggers. This is a huge space. There's a lot of people involved in this space. People don't realize how big a space this is because they're not in it. But once you start getting into it, you see, you know, how big this space is. And conferences, oh, my gosh, BitBlock Boom at, like, $300 is cheap. I yeah. mean, you know, conferences are thousands of dollars people are paying to go to these conferences. Oh, yeah. There's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And go, go check out bigblockboom.com. It's in August in Dallas, 2020. I will be there if you want to hang out with me. Not hang out with all the cool people there and have some carnivore meat. <laughs> and we'll have uh, three tracks this year. We'll have our general track. And we're going to have a Spanish fork. So we're going to have Hispanic uh, or Mexican Spanish. And then we're going to have a technical track. Because last year when we had a few of the technical people talking, uh, I noticed the audience was like, <laughs> a lot of the audience were. So we're going to move them to their own track. Yeah. That's so smart. Yeah. I mean, I did sit in some of those technical and it felt like I was in an HTML class. You know, like how does HTML work? Yeah, that would be a good explanation. Yeah. A yeah. Good and, and look, that's cool. But. I'm a, I'm a 
how do you apply HTML? How do you apply the web? How do you apply internet, internet, internet marketing? I really don't <laughs> even care. It's like a car. I don't really care how it works. Just can I get there? <laughs> I thought the best part was, I can't remember who did it. Somebody had on his, on his uh, presentation, a slide came up with a mathematical formula on it. He goes, do you know what this means? And I'm, I'm personally going, no. And he goes, he goes I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> what are you showing us this mathematical formula? You can't like you don't even know what it means. I don't even know. I, I just thought it was so funny the way he said that. I'm sure there was some story to it after that, but I think I got lost or my memory doesn't my memory yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah. hold on that those sessions because I wasn't as interested either. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard. Some 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 of the guys or the people and like I said guys mostly guys there understood it because they're developers. Right. You know, but and, I think and we need those tracks, but we, we need do. to like make it so that the people who are non techie and not coders aren't sitting through those tracks. You know, right. How do you uh, use it? How do you leverage yeah. it? How do you, how do you build a wallet? How do you build a, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't yeah, want to know yeah. how to do it. I'm never going to build one of those. You know, if it showed me how to use it, I might be interested, but I don't want to build it. So we'll have a track for like I said, we'll have the Spanish work, we'll have that track and then the general session. And we're hoping to have last year we had, uh, it was capped at like 125 people. We're probably going to go to 250 this year. We're trying to find that happy medium where, you know, thing about that block boom is you still get access to all the speakers. You know, how many times have you gone to a conference and people spoke and they're gone? And maybe they said hi to a few people on the way out and they're gone. No, everyone speakers was so amazing. Day. We hung out. We broke bread. We connected. I took pictures. Yeah, they stay at the conference all day because it's a happy medium where it's still not too big that people can stay there and enjoy themselves. You know, Fine. no one like, no one rushed out. You know, people stayed all day. And most of the people were at the brunch the next day. And most of the people were at the dinners. It was like the whole three days, everybody was at everything. You know, so I'm, yeah. trying, to find the, I'm trying to find a happy medium. So I'd like to take it to two days because it'd be much easier to do the conference cost-wise. Uh, adding a second day is not as expensive as the first day was. Yeah. You know, so I, I think we may end up in 2021 moving to two days. Two days. You know, but That's but the next year is still the one day, but we're adding... Like on Thursday, a lot of people got on Thursday because there were some other events held in conjunction with mine, like Pierre Rochard did a class, a technical class, and Tone Bays did a, a class on uh, investing in Bitcoin. So I think Thursday night we're going to do a dinner this year, um, but not a, not a carnivore dinner. We're going to do a Mexican dinner. And uh, for people who get in early, because a lot of people came in Thursday night and had nothing to do. So we're going to do a dinner for the people who get there for Friday events, Thursday, get Thursday night for Friday events. Mm -hmm. and I think Friday, while those technical tracks are on, we're going to do um, maybe a trip over to the Mint and do a tour of the U.S. Mint or that something like that. That sounds so cool. I've always yeah. wanted to do that. And Dallas is a, a Federal Reserve headquarters. Yeah. yeah, they have a Mint there. So I think we might rent a bus, according to how many people sign up, and just bus everybody over to it. And then when we get through with that, stop and eat lunch. You know, maybe on the way back, we pass the Cowboy Stadium, stop by the Cowboy Stadium and go down on the field or something. So we're trying to put that together now. Oh, so, fun. That's so cool. This year, yeah. yeah, we're going to add a little bit more. We're trying to eventually, I say we, I guess I should say, I, I don't know where this we always comes from, um, but I'm trying to get it. So eventually it's a whole week, even if I'm not the one doing all the events. Mm. Got it. That's smart. Big, well, well, you can do that nowadays. Like South by Southwest, that's what they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the outside events are. You know, like there were two of them Saturday. And it was a gun range, two of them Friday, and it was a gun range thing Friday, and it was a thing Thursday, Bitcoin and barbells, and Bitcoin and bullets was Friday. And they'll probably do that again. 
just want to let you know, I'm probably going to run out of power in about five minutes. Okay, got it. Yeah, let's wrap it up. So go check out bitblockboom.com, Gary Leland there, and then uh, go ahead and give your other websites. Well, we got, uh, well, if you go to uh, cryptopodcaster.com, just cryptopodcaster.com, you'll see everything I do in the Bitcoin space. They're all, that's like my, uh, when I move into a niche, I, I build a site to be like one site to rule them all type thing. Or you can go to GaryLeland.com and find out all about me there too. Either way. Awesome. I do a lot of things that people wouldn't be interested in. So probably you can find out more about this topic at CryptoPodcaster.com. Perfect. Or GaryLeland.com. Everyone, this is Heather Havenwood. Gary, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you very much being my mentor and getting me into the, the biz. And everyone, this is HeatherHavenwood.com. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Adios.